As our journey into confronting racism continue this week, we focus on, amongst other matters, transformation and what it entails. We have, over the past few months, seen the call for transformation, particularly at our institutions of higher learning. Um, uh, with the history we have lived in South Africa, we also recognize the need for transformation in our broader society, whether it be institutions of higher learning, the work environment, or our social spaces. Central to transformation is a need to both recognize the importance of transformation, but also dealing with the process of transformation. Joining us to talk about this and many other aspects connected to this is Professor Pumla Kopoto Matikizela. Um, she recently joined Stellenbosch University as the institution's research chair in transformation and social change. Um, Pumla has also graduated from Forte University with a bachelor's degree and an honors degree in psychology. She obtained her master's degree in clinical psychology at Rose University and she received her PhD in psychology from the University of Cape Town, also having worked um, and served on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission as a coordinator of victims' public hearings in the Western Cape. Mampumla, thank you very much for making time to speak to us. Good morning. Thank you, Kakebs. Good morning. A very important discussion that has taken place in South Africa at the moment, that of transformation. We have seen and heard the call in our institutions of higher learning for transformation, but also recognizing that we do have uh, the need for transformation in our broader uh, society. Uh, your your view as a start, um, Prof, on this call for transformation in our institutions of higher learning. Many people have argued that um, this this isn't the time. Some have also tried to downplay to a degree this call. Is it needed? Is it a valid call on the part of the students? It's a valid call on the part of all South Africans that we have a transformed society. We have emerged from a society that's divided along racial lines. And that's not only just race as in, you know, the color of people's skins, but in terms of how people are treated, how people are excluded from opportunities, the privileges that uh, various people have. And we know in our society that um, white people had various privileges that from which black people were excluded. We are speaking to Professor Pumla Koboto Matigizela. We are confronting racism and looking at issues of transformation. And joining us in the conversation, uh, Prof, is also Lavlin um, Nwadei, uh, who is a Stellenbosch University PhD political science uh, candidate in peace and conflict studies at uh, Uppsala University in 2014, and also a BA uh, in international studies at Stellenbosch University. And of course, we, we know Lavlin um, amongst her talks, including the much discussed uh, an emotionally charged speech titled Courage, Compassion and Complexity Reflections on the New Martyland and the New South Africa Lavlin, also thank you very much for, for making time to speak to us Thanks for having me Good morning Lavlin Morning Prof <laughs> <laughs> Do we have enough of dialogue or can we have dialogue between um, those parents that you speak of and the young people that are calling for transformation in being able to move forward? We see uh, in, in our country today uh, the younger generation carrying the burden of this past. And what I mean about that is that they seem to be the carriers of this pain of the past. And, and we don't have time to elaborate on, on how this happens, but I will say this, suffice to say that these memories, quote-unquote, memories of the past, 
are, are known to be passed on from generation to generation. The Holocaust is a, is a typical example. The Holocaust, when, when you speak about the Holocaust, we often don't only speak about the victims or survivors of the Holocaust, those people who were, who were in the camps, in the, in the German Nazi camps. We are also speaking about the children of the, of, the, of, of the victims of the Holocaust. It's very important to underscore the importance of continuing dialogue in our country because here, unlike in the Holocaust, where Jewish people left, you know, the oppressive uh, uh, countries, they left Germany, they left uh, the, 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 the countries in Europe that were affected by Nazism to settle elsewhere in South Africa. We live side by side. Perpetrators, we live side by side. People who benefited from apartheid. And so it is imperative. It is an imperative for us to engage in this process of dialogue. What's missing from this conversation is acknowledgement on a wider scale by those people who benefited Mm. from this oppressive past, that is to say white people. A a number of... of, um Areas that the prophet has touched on, uh, Lovelin, which I also find resonating in 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 what you you spoke about in courage, compassion, and complexities, reflections of the new Martyland and the new South Africa. The, there's a moment where you speak about uh, we need to know about the roles that we need to play. The those who must listen, uh, those who must um, the being allowed to cry, being allowed to 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 actually be in the moment. Um, and that says a lot about dialogue, um, but also it says a lot about acknowledgement. I think part of the challenge, and, and Prof Pumla has already touched on this, part of the challenge is that we haven't fully acknowledged um, what happened. I think, you know, and, and I say this because even in primary school and in high school, we were told, ah, oh, but we must get over it. Mm. And even since that speech, you know, I've received a lot of love and hate mail from mm. people. <laughs> and, and a lot of the times the sentiment is, but you weren't here during apartheid, you didn't suffer during apartheid, so you must get over it. And, and I think that that expectation that suddenly people must get over things is very problematic and it's, mm. it's mainstream. It's, mm. Not, mm. it's not a small group of people that say that. We hear that in our schools, in our history classes. We hear it in varsity when we're learning economics and, you know, any other thing that could possibly touch on our past. This message comes through a lot. And, and, I, think, and I think that's where... That's where, you know, we, we need to acknowledge that it's, it was an abnormal process. Mm. Our supposed reconciliation or transition process was abnormal because in what alternate universe does the perpetrator decide the terms of forgiveness? Like in what alternate universe does mm. that happen? If you come into my house and you rape my child or you molest my wife or husband and, and then afterwards you're like, but you must forgive me and you decide for me how I must forgive, when I must forgive, at what pace. I must forgive, in which spaces I must forgive. It's very, very problematic. And even to expect the forgiveness, I think is very problematic. And I think this is not to say that I, I, I believe and want to fuel hate or want to fuel unforgiveness. But I think, you know, even in terms of how our history has been passed down to us and communicated to us, even in our history books, we're so 
inundated with images of Mandela and Tutu and you know the champions of forgiveness and reconciliation in our history and and people like Winnie Mandela for example are vilified for being violent and bitter and angry mm. and I think what we're seeing now even in this new um you know, moment that we're in, as a lot of young people are saying, you know, we actually want to interrogate the history and the and the and the personality of Winnie Mandela, for example. So, for all her faults, I mean, we we don't mm. have to say she was a hundred percent perfect, but for all her faults, what Winnie did have was a human reaction to the moment. You know, after '94, what black people got in South Africa was the vote, and then it ended there. But you can't eat the vote, and you can't you can't heal yourself on the vote, and you can't reclaim your identity on a vote. We have a crisis of leadership in this country. Uh, if if we in my view, if we had leaders who are empathic, who who remember what they fought for, which is that they fought for, for the transformation of lives of the majority of people of our country, we would not be where we are today. What we have witnessed instead are leaders who are corrupt, who, uh, and, and I'm not sucking this out of my time, every weekend we are inundated with news of bill, millions of monies that are either stolen or that go to families of leaders. Economic justice is what did not happen in South Africa. The generation of now, this second generation, or the post-apartheid generation, carries the burden of this pain but this pain is not the same as experience that experienced by their parents. It's not um, torture, uh, physical abuse, uh, exclusion, and so on. And this, I think, really, I think that this perhaps is the crux of the matter, the feeling of betrayal, that black people today have been betrayed by their own leaders. It's no longer a white government that has betrayed black people. Yeah. So I do think that... I mean, it's important for us to focus on white privilege, but I think sometimes this may be a distraction. The real issue is the feeling of betrayal, the continuing humiliation of black lives. The problem in the, in the ultimate analysis is that the post-colonial leaders themselves have not stepped up to the, to the plate. I think that, you know, when we talk about this thing that, you know, the black government is not doing well, and, and, and I fully agree. I mean, I think our, our current administration has, has messed up quite a bit, <laughs> quite mm. significantly. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that. But I do want to differ with Prof on, on certain things, because I think, so for sure, there is a feeling of betrayal. There is a feeling that, you know, there's this black government and they're also screwing up. And I hear this from a lot of my white friends. No, but you guys are now governing and you guys are screwing up the country and I think it's very important that we that we interrogate that that perspective I think especially in the case of South Africa the government cannot be corrupt by itself big business needs to be in on the deal as well so government doesn't just run around doing corrupt deals without one hand washing the other hand and I think we need to acknowledge the role that big business and by that I mean white capital plays in facilitating and allowing corruption in South Africa so I think it's very 
important to look at it in that way and to say we can't just do the one dimension thing and say oh but black people are also corrupt yeah great they are corrupt it's true and it's a problem but it's within a very specific context of a system that was designed to entrench a culture of using politics and using access to resources to look after one's own which is what was done under apartheid and what was done under colonialism as black people we are going to fail we are going to screw up and i think that black people need to on the one hand you know be 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 merciful with each other but i think we must also know that we can do better and it's our responsibility to try and reimagine and reconstruct what we are going to be whether it's as rulers as workers as whatever the key thing for me however is that if we are failing we must allow ourselves to fail because that was always going to be part of the process there's no society that's been established in perfection yeah. immediately we are going to fail i'm not justifying corruption really i'm one of zuma's yeah i don't mm. like him <laughs> i really don't i don't like the nc i'm not their person but for me it's that we can't try and say oh well you know because black people are also screwing up let's actually leave the other conversation that needs to happen mm. because 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 both the reason that we have the situation that we have is because of an entrenched white supremacist system that needs to be undone and dismantled with everything taken into consideration whether it be the resistance and the history and everything lack of acknowledgement in part how do we disrupt the system and find a way forward I think on a one on one level on how we interact with each other we need to humanize each other and I think we need to start by humanizing black people and black bodies so garden boys should not be referred to mm. as garden boys because mm. they are men who have families who have children security guards need to be paid better the people that literally keep our neighborhood safe the people that keep you know our 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 neoliberal capitalist establishments um clean and safe and beautiful and pristine those are the people we need to respect and Anna the people that live in our townships we should give them decent water and give them electricity and subsidize their their, their access to basic re- resources those are the little things that we can do that already start to humanize their very existence on the earth what are the things that our government and Lavin is right and our businesses ought to do in order to contribute to the real transformation of people's lives so that people feel a sense of dignity. I am absolutely with her that at the core of this call is, is a call for a, 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 re, a, a reconnection with what it means to be human. As a matter of fact, in a week's time, I'm speaking about exactly these issues that she's raising. What does it mean to be human in the aftermath of such historical trauma and what needs to happen for us to embrace the idea that we are human one to another and and empathy is is central to this the feeling of empathy a feeling of connection to another understanding that your humanity matters as much as mine mm. that is how we concluded uh, that is uh, uh, professor pumla Kopoto Matikizela there um, as well as uh, Lavlin uh, Noadei having a conversation around transformation, the restoration of dignity, the role that we all need to play in taking our country forward, that is um, contracting racism.